The following podcast contains spoilers. We strongly recommend you watch the episode of The Americans we're discussing before listening to the podcast. New episodes air Tuesdays at 10pm on FX. Join us every week after the show. There's a marriage, and as a viewer, I was really surprised by that. And well, I hope so. <laughs> Wait, if that was not a surprise, we really screwed something up. Welcome to the Americans podcast for season five. I'm June Thomas, managing producer of Slate Podcasts and your host for this series, which goes behind the scenes of the show. Today, we'll be talking about episode 510, Dark Room, with writer Stephen Schiff. Then we'll hear from Kerry Russell and Matthew Reese about their reaction to the wedding scene. And finally, property master Daniel Fisher will share some of the stories behind the props in this episode. Stephen, in the teaser to this episode, Alexei gives Philip some kvass, a very Russian drink that he hasn't had in decades. And as an immigrant, I know how affecting that can be to get that sort of taste of home. And it seems like a really significant moment for Philip, although of course he can't reveal that. That's something that isn't really conveyed in dialogue, but I imagine that conveying things like that is a kind of a key part of writing a script. It's not just about the dialogue. Well, I think um, you're talking about subtext. Yeah, right, and, you I know, guess. And this this show is full of subtext. Yeah. I mean, subtext is really important to us. And fortunately, we have these wonderful, wonderful, wonderful actors who can convey subtext so much so that, you know, I mean, when I was first starting on the show, I would, you know, do my script and then I would see what they, would, they could do. And I just thought, oh, hell, <laughs> write less. <laughs> You know, just yeah. write less because they can do it with an eyebrow. Right. You know, right. or not even. They could do it without seeming to move anything at all. And I think you'll see that Matthew conveys uh, exactly what's going on. Yeah. There's something brilliant about it because these guys who in many ways are opposed, you know, they in some ways they, Philip in a certain way hates something about Alexei. Alexei doesn't hate Philip only because he doesn't really know who he is. But he, if he did know who, what, he was, he would hate him. And yet they're united by this shared taste for a Russian drink. That's very moving that they have that moment of... I think you're right. And I think there's a lot of complexity in the subtext of that relationship because this moment in 510 is the first time we see any nostalgia or affection Mm -hmm. for Russia coming from him. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, Philip is fighting with that in himself. Mm -hmm. You know, he began in season one, being, you know, a little too American. Yeah. And he's been thinking a lot about his childhood in Russia and and trying to figure it out and getting sort of tastes and smells and everything. So this is another one. And he has done nothing to betray his country. And here's Mm -hmm. a man who's defected. Mm -hmm. But what's kind of bonding them, at least from Philip's standpoint, is that the Russianness, you know, what mm-hmm. is this? What is the the, the kvass yeah. between them? You know, yeah, what's yeah. the taste of Russia that they that they share? You know, so it's really complex and interesting whenever yeah. they're together. This episode is driven in part from the way that reading Pastor Tim's diary made Paige feel, and in turn made Philip and Elizabeth feel, in the sense of 
this discomfort is caused by things that they typically do in their spy work. They go and read people's diaries. That's something they do. And in a way, they're getting a taste of their own medicine. You know, they're seeing it hurts when your life is intruded upon. And knowing this information can also be very hurtful. I almost, as much as I love Philip and Elizabeth, I felt like they were getting a little bit of a taste of their own medicine in that experience because it was very hurtful them to to see how hurt Paige was and these things that Pastor Tim was was projecting onto them, calling them monsters even. When you say it's hurtful to Philip and Elizabeth, one thing that's happening is that despite her having been told not to, Paige is sneaking around it and being a spy yeah. at Pastor Tim's. Yeah. And uh, that's both risky, and it shows you that it's one thing to be bringing your daughter into this in some very tentative way that you're trying to keep control of. It's another thing when she starts, I mean, much of the season is really about that question of what happens when Paige herself starts taking some initiative in in this direction and, you know, and becomes like parents, like daughter a little (laughs) bit. So there's there's that emotional aspect going on. And then in the final scene of this episode, the mirror that the diary holds up to them is another thing. But you're pointing uh, to it as a mirror of something sort of that would be painful to them because it it reflects them, right? But this episode has this very important arc. Mm -hmm. And the arc is that Paige sees something in the diary and it kind of blows her away and really hurts. Mm -hmm. And she keeps trying to bring it home and figure it out and share it and get answers to it. Mm-hmm. And so she tries at first with her parents, then each parent, and then Pastor Tim, mm-hmm. and nothing is fixing it for her. Mm-hmm. Nothing is relieving her. You know, she tries one thing and then another thing and then another thing. And everyone's trying very sincerely mm-hmm. to help her. In a way, when her parents have not helped her adequately, that's when she says, well, Okay, I'll go back to the source. I'll go back to Pastor Tim. Mm -hmm. And he basically, you know, he doesn't out and out lie to her, but what he's expressing to her is clearly not the same as what the feelings in the diary were. were. And that just helps her lose her religion, as it were, about Pastor Tim. And meanwhile, there's this process going on of Philip and Elizabeth saying, you know, maybe we'll just dangle a job in front of him and make him go away once and for all. Yeah. You know, which has been a big question, you know, for the last few seasons. Yes, yes. And so finally, she, she gets no satisfaction, and the arc reaches its ultimate point when she goes and she photographs the pages and she brings them back home to them and, and sort of listening to her. But she has a plan, and her plan is to get them to see the pages. Yeah. And those, that may not be a conscious plan, but she's basically saying, no one gets it, and you just have to look at the mm-hmm. thing that I saw, and maybe you'll get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the climax of the episode. Yeah. There's a really telling piece of dialogue in this episode when Philip tells Elizabeth he doesn't want Stan to be like Martha. Philip is really feeling the feels, as the kids say these days. But I have to say, I'm a little surprised by how concerned Philip is about Stan, who is, after all, an FBI agent in the counterintelligence department. Yes, they have a friendship, but it is another operational friendship. You know, they've warned... Paige not to have this relationship with Matthew. So then they're very aware that they need that distance. And yet, again, he's not following his own advice. Is it that he's he has genuine feelings for Stan's welfare? I think he absolutely does. 
as he did in a different way from from Martha. I mean, I think yeah. Philip has genuine feelings, and Stan really is his friend. Yeah. Stan and he are are friends. Now, even in a friendship, maybe one party wants to control the friendship a little yeah. bit and yeah. make sure it doesn't go off in a bad direction. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what Philip has so actually quite brilliantly managed to do up till now. Uh-huh. Now, the question is, this woman, is she operational? If she is, maybe he needs a mood adjustment. Maybe Philip needs to take a different approach to how he feels about this relationship. If she's just clean and the dream girl invented on earth for Stan by the gods, as opposed to by the KGB, great, then maybe his friend can be happy with her. But if not, then he really is conflicted because an operational thing that he hasn't been read in on is going to hurt his friend. And maybe it'll be valuable, but he has to find a stance in that, and it's not easy. Yeah. It almost also seems like he's a little bit jealous. I think that's right, too. The marriage ceremony, which is a big moment, and there's a lot going on in this episode, but the the marriage is a huge thing. And I have to say, that came as a surprise to me. Was that something that had been floating around the writer's room for a while? Was that something that had been on the cards? Actually, it was a a very late addition. And... Once it was there, it just felt beautiful and uh-huh. right and so much a part of this whole question of home, you know, uh-huh. and and Russia and how we got here and who, who we are. And this is um, episode 10 of a 13-episode mm-hmm. season, and, mm-hmm. and it's been a season in which the marriage is kind of working. But yeah. actually, you know, it's still just a marriage of of uh, an arranged marriage of yeah. of a very strange kind yeah and and you know it's almost as though uh, as they contemplate leaving and contemplate ending this you know vast operation that has taken up their entire adult lives you know where are they emotionally and what can they do to just basically say to each other um this is real mm-hmm. you know and it may not have been real at one point. And we have been sort of moving away from it not being real to it being real. But let's just say, let's just demonstrate, let's just vow this is real. Yeah. Now let's hear from Kerry and Matthew. Co-showrunners Joe Weisberg and Joel Fields also contributed some thoughts. It seems like Philip takes Elizabeth by surprise, but proposal, I guess, and there's a marriage. And I was, as a viewer, was really surprised by that. And I hope so. (laughs) Wait, if that was not a surprise, we really screwed something up. But not not only surprised, but also like, wait, what? (laughs) How did you respond when you saw that on the page? Like, oh. Shocked. Totally shocked. (laughs) Could not believe it. Yes, there was was an element of shock. It did feel very right, I thought, Mm. given the season. It felt, it felt right. It absolutely did. Maybe the shock was the, in the, the way it was done, especially. It was so heightened, really. And it was such a throwback to who they are. I love the kind of ceremony of it. That he didn't kind of take her to the Guanas Canal and put a <laughs> ring on and go, we're married, you know? <laughs> that he kind of went, yeah. Lord, he took it to do- a backstreet warehouse and yeah. did it. Yes, far, 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 <laughs> far better than any corner of the yeah. Guanas Canal. Does it change anything? As you play Philip and Elizabeth, do you see them differently? To me, it's a huge step for them because to me, it's suddenly like we have a secret that's 
against the authority. Mm. You know what I mean? Oh. That's how I see it. It's like, no, we, this is ours, and that's separate from you. And that seems huge to me. Yes, there's nothing you contrived or did. It was something right. we did yeah. based on how we feel about each other. So to me, it feels like this little electric secret that they have. And I think that's only a good thing. Yeah, it cemented something. Think about how powerful and important secrets are mm. at yeah. the core of the show. Right. It's yeah. that unspoken, like, you know, we connection. We have this now, yeah. There's also something interesting because it totally flips things on its head. When things started out, you were right. secretly not married. Yes. yes. Pretending to be married. And yes. now you're secretly married. married. Yes. Yeah. Matthew, at the beginning of the episode... Alexei gives Philip some kvass and it kind of the flavor of it appears to transport him as a Welshman. Mm. (laughs) Is there some equivalent that you taste that and you're like back among the valleys (laughs) with the the rugby ball being thrown around in the background? There's a Welsh beer, Brains beer, that is a very specific taste. So yes, there is a Pavlovian drink for for Welshmen. (laughs) Did they have actual kvass for you guys or was that just something that... No, it was something else. But uh, Alex very kindly brought in some class for me. Oh, how'd you like yeah, it? Yeah, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> now let's hear from prop master Dan Fisher. Dan, where did Pastor Tim's diary come from? There were so many steps in the process to Pastor Tim's diary. <laughs> where did it come from? Amazon. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> We've, we knew who Pastor Tim generally was, that he, you know, his consci- political consciousness really came about in the 60s. And he would have sort of a little bit of a crunchy granola, hippie <laughs> feel to things. So we found this perfect thing on, on Amazon. So it's leather bound. It's leather bound. It's got an embossed tree. and oh, some That's a tree of life, man. It's, tree it's got of some life. Celtic knots. Cal- yeah, it's... You can you can hear you can faintly hear Jerry Garcia playing <laughs> as you look at this. Granola thing. is crunching as you open the pages. One thing I always like to do with props that are meant to be read, whether it's a newspaper, a document, a diary, I don't just put in what's in the script and then put in a bunch of blah 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 nonsense. I think it's a courtesy to the <laughs> actors. It helps them act better mm-hmm. if they have the real stuff. Huh. And also, you never know what the camera's going to see or not see. Yep. As it turned out, I believe, I don't think you saw any of the work I did for this episode. Uh, But that said, I wrote over 60 pages in the diary as if I were Pastor Tim. I decided Pastor Tim was really obsessed with Daniel Berrigan. Yeah, he would be. And Leonard Cohen (laughs) and Bob Dylan and and Gandhi. Those were his big, big four. So all throughout here, I have Bible quotes. I have... I have a list here of, of Pastor Tim's favorite Beatles albums, <laughs> his least favorite Beatles songs. I have little little doodles and cartoons, things where he's misspelled things and scratched it out, all the things that human beings do. As you're flipping through, I'm sitting next to you, and I'm seeing that you also like use different pens like a real different person pens, would. Sure. Like, you right. really went for it. This show is famous for its accurate tradecraft. What about the rock concealment? The first step was choosing the rock. We... <laughs> And we had two scenes with the rock. We so had it's one... a real rock? It's not a... I mean, well, it's well. both. We had one scene with Philip dropping the rock. Uh-huh. And then we have another scene where Tatiana has, is given this rock and opens it up and within is this message. And as it happened, we had to film the scene with the rock on a Friday, like two days after we had our production meeting about it. So everything had to happen really fast. Oh, wow. So we shot the real rock on a Friday 
and then the 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 Tatiana rock which shoot the following week on a Thursday. I see. So on Friday, somewhere in the in the heart of Brooklyn, we shoot the scene of Philip dropping the rock. Mm-hmm. As soon as we check the gate and we're on to the next scene, I take that rock to the nearest Federal Express office. I wrap it in bubble wrap. I send it for Monday morning delivery to a place in California called Independent Studio Services Studio Graphics. And what they did is they take the rock, they do a cast with a mold with the real rock, and they create this little open compartment area. But the real drama came about was they said, okay, well, if we receive this on Monday and you're (laughs) shooting it on Thursday, the quickest we can get this done and turned around, we will have it finished on Wednesday. Meaning we're going to have to FedEx overnight it and you'll get it Thursday morning and looked at the schedule. Okay, well, it's not up till about uh, uh, noon on Thursday. So as long as we get it Federal Express overnight to receive by 1030, we'll be fine. Well, here's the problem. Somebody didn't ship it right. And instead of marking for the Federal Express thing where you get it by 1030, they marked it. It's fine to get there by 3 p.m. Oh, no. And... We were literally, we're shooting around the scene. We didn't even have the real rock to shoot the scene, (laughs) let alone the one with the secret compartment. Because that that was coming as well. So the day we're shooting the scene and I find out that we're waiting and waiting on this rock that may or may not come in time, Abaris Kuliak, who's my on-set prop master and I, are out in the parking lot looking for a rock (laughs) that looks similar. And we found something similar, and there happened to be a red stripe painted yeah, on yeah. on the on the one we used as a prop. So we brought it to our scenic Misha, who painted a red stripe on it. And so for the first couple of angles that we shoot the scene, Tatiana is using a real rock, and she's just sort of pretending <laughs> to open it. And she had the note in the like the palm of her hand. So she, she did a little magic have, too, yeah, yeah. and she pulls it out and does it. And and we're like, okay, by the time we get to like the fourth angle on this. We either have to have the the compartmentalized one or we just skip it and we shoot it later, which nobody wants. Right, right. As we're setting that up, we get the Federal Express. It's like that old thing of like uh, bringing the sets to the stage and they're still dripping wet with paint. It was pretty much that thing. of It just came in the nick of time. Thanks to Stephen Schiff, Kerry Russell, Matthew Reese, Joe Weisberg, Joel Fields, and Dan Fisher for talking episode 510 with me. Thanks also to Ethan Simon for recording assistance and to the Americans Sarah Nolan for her organizational help. Please join us next week when we'll be talking about episode 511, Jiatkova. I'm June Thomas. This show is part of the Panoply Network. <laughs>